You know, it's so great that you found us online to check out our current series. Being a church based in the city centre of Liverpool, we know for sure that our city loves music. That's why every October we do a series called Rocktober, because we believe firstly that church should be fun, right? Well, secondly, we just love the idea of being able to play live in church some of the greatest rock classic anthems that are out there, and then maybe try and tie them into a talk that's going to be life applicable for each and every one of you. Because that's our heart, actually, to delve into the scriptures and find out ways that we can all follow Christ better together. So we hope that you enjoy our online series of Rocktober. Very beginning of the song, this is what it says. When the world leaves you feeling blue, you can count on me, I'll be there for you. When it seems all your hopes and dreams are a million miles away, I will reassure you, we got to all stick together. Good friends, there for each other. Never forget that I've got you and so, okay, I want to talk to you tonight about friendship. I want to talk to you tonight about what it is to be a friend and to have a friend. No matter what age or stage you are at life, you cannot do life in isolation. You need friends. Don't think that you're too old, that you can't possibly make any new friends. Don't think as a male that you're too cool and too hip, that you don't need friends around you because we all need friends in our world. We so often limit our friendship circles to the people who are like us. We go for friends who look like us. We go for friends that act like us. We go for friends that wear the same clothes as us, shop in the same trainer shops as us. And while all that is well and good, it is a very superficial kind of friendship. What happens is we lock ourselves into friendships according to what we think somebody should look like or what we think somebody should be like. And especially in this social media driven world, I think we have lost the perspective of what true friendship really is. We think the value of friendship is to do with, the, uh, with a number, with the, with the amount of likes or followers that we get on a post or a page. But, but actually, I think the world has taken the, the word friend and has made it something that God made to have so, such depth and meaning. I think the, the world has made it so common and so casual. You know, relationships and friendships are what God intended to bless your life with. They're what God intended to put around you to assist you in life and through life. But you know, we, we, we need to sometimes, we need to look outside of the box of what we think friendship actually is. Because you will never grow and mature as a person. You will never broaden your, your horizon of learning if we don't, if we don't um, pick friends that are not just like us. We need those friends that you can laugh with and you can talk with. But you also need friends who are outside your niche, outside your type of person. Because if you don't, whilst those other set of friends are good for shopping with and having coffee with, you actually need friends in your world that make you feel uncomfortable. 
It's good to have a friend that makes you feel uncomfortable. We need a friend that makes us feel awkward. We need a friend that makes us feel convicted. It is good to have a friend that makes you feel intimidated. Intimidation can be a good thing if you would look at it with a different perspective. You need the friend that goes to the gym four times a week because you would rather sit on the couch and have another bag of crisps. So you need that friend in your world who makes you feel uncomfortable because all they do is tell you how many calories you're putting in your mouth every five minutes and how hard they've worked at the gym. But you will never develop that side of your life without that friend in your world. We all need that friend who makes us feel uncomfortable when we drop a swear word now and again. Oh, and we're just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because she was there. No, 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 you shouldn't have said it because that's not your way of life anymore. But you, you need that friend that challenges you to pray more, read more, learn more, be more, become more with your life. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Who are you rubbing shoulders with? Who are you doing life alongside? Are they sharpening you? Great thinkers, sharpen great thinkers. Who is it you're having conversation with and getting around? Because your friendship, your friendship circles, they matter to God. Because he knows who you align your life with is the direction your life is going to go in. You'll only ever be as smart as those you hang around. You'll only ever be as disciplined as those you're connected to. Your reputation will only ever be as good as those people you associate with. Proverbs 12 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. Think about it. Think about the friends that you have in your world without looking to the left or the right because this could be a really awkward moment. But how many of the friends in your world have you chosen carefully? And how many of them are your friends just because you met at the pub? You met them down at the gym, you hooked up with them online, you just had a laugh one night and so you became friends. And how many of them have you chosen carefully? Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? Another translation says, can two people link arms together and walk in a direction without a first agreeing where they are going? If you're going to align your life with someone, you need to know where they're going in life because wherever they're going, you are going too because you've just hooked up together. And we use this scripture a lot when we're talking about relationships and marriage, but it's also very apt when you're talking about friendships. You can have friends that, that take you in the wrong direction because we never stop to ask the question, what are you actually about? Before I go hanging out with you and doing life with you, what's your belief system? What's your core values? You know, when I was a teenager, I had this friend and she had a friend. You know, the whole friend of a friend situation. And she was like, hey, my friend has got a coach load going over to Holland for like a long weekend. Why don't you come with us? You would love it. And I thought, I will love it. Of course I will. 
And so I packed my bag and I boarded this coach with a bunch of teenagers I'd never met before in my life. I mean, teenagers going to Holland, the bells should have been ringing there and then. But I was going to have a lovely weekend with my friend. I was only on that coach for half an hour when I began to think, I don't think these are my type of people. They are quite different the way they speak and what they're into and their level of conversation. But I was with my friend, so I went to Holland. Well, you know, we weren't in Holland very long before we got to Amsterdam and the police busted the coach, arrested two of the lads for shoplifting in the previous town we've been in and then found illegal substances on the coach. And I'm sat there like Mary Poppins with my bag on my knee thinking, what am I doing here? Like, these are not my kinds of people. But I think every single one of us in this room can think back to situations that we just shouldn't have got involved in. Places we should never have ended up. Conversations we should never have had. And all because you joined up with a friend that took you off course and took you in a direction that you never even intended on going in. When they had an opinion, you had an opinion. Because that's what friends do. Stick together. So when they've got an opinion, you've got an opinion. And when they're saying something negative, you start speaking negative too. Because you begin to mimic one another. And what is on them begins to rub off on you. And you begin to talk in a way that just doesn't even sound like you. You're voicing things that you don't really even understand You're holding a grudge and you've no idea why, but they don't like that person. So I don't like that person. I don't really know why we don't like that person. But she said we don't like that person, so we don't like the person. And we hold grudges and we have no idea why. And I have seen this played out time and time and time again. When somebody leaves the church because of an offence, because somebody has offended them, they walk out and they leave the church. And guess what? Their friend who was not offended goes with them too. Why? Because where they're going, you're going too. Who you're aligning your life with is going to have an influence on your life. You know, as parents, we spend our life asking our children who they're hanging out with. Who did you play with today? Who did you spend lunchtime with today? Who did you walk home? Who did you sit by on the bus? Who are you on the phone to? Who are you going out with now? We're asking them questions all the time because as parents, we understand who they're spending their time with is influencing their lives. But if only we asked ourselves those sorts of questions as adults. If only we stopped for a minute and said, who am I having coffee with? And what kind of a conversation am I having? Is this a good conversation? Should I be talking like this? Should I be saying this? Should I not? Is this healthy? Is it not? Is this friendship sharpening me? Or is this friendship taking me off course? You know, if we could ask ourselves those kind of questions, we would have a better quality of friendship with the right choice of people. Friendship is not a one type of word fits all kind of 
word. It's, it, it's, there's many levels to friendship. There's many different areas of friendship. And I think what is important for us is for us to understand the different types of friends that are going to come into our lives and understand the different types of influences that they will bring. Because if we don't understand the different levels of friendships and the different types of friendships, we can end up putting wrong expectation on the wrong type of person. And that's when, um, that's when disappointment and hurts and, and we get um, different types of influences come into us and we get disappointments and offense takes place. So I want to have a look at three categories of friendship. Three categories of friends that you will come across in your lifetime. And I think as I talk about these three categories, you are going to be able to identify different people in your life, or you're going to be able to identify what kind of a friend you are to somebody else, or you are going to see an area where something is lacking in your life. And if it is lacking in your life, then I hope and I pray that you will be able to find true friendship in your world. And can I just say, one thing that really ticks me off is when we blanket across the church, they shouldn't be like that. They are Christians. They have offended me. They did this. Can I just say, there are many different levels of friendships, even within the church. Why? Because we're humans. And we don't lose our humanity when we get saved. We are still human beings. And you will always find different types of friendship and different levels, even within the church. And so, the first type of friends that I want to talk about are called just friends. Just friends are the types of friends that you have because you are into the same thing. In other words, your friendship is based around a common theme. For example, your work colleagues. Now, your work colleagues, they might not necessarily be the types of people you would choose as your friends, but you have become friends because of a common denominator, and that is the workplace. You have become friendly with them because you are in the same environment together and you are into the same thing together. You can find these types of friends. You can find these types of friends um, around a hobby. You could find these types of friends going to the gym together. You will find these types of friends in the church. The only reason you're friendly is because you're all in the same church. You will find these types of friends um, in your university. They're not who I would choose as my friends, but we're on the same course together. Therefore, we've become friends. You find these types of friends as a mum around the school gate because we've all got kids in the school. For as long as you are into the same thing, you will walk together as friends. But remember, these people are not your friends because of who you are. These people are your friends because of what you are into. You are into the same thing. There is a common ground. But as soon as the common ground is gone, often so too is the friendship. We see this time and time again. I mean, think about it. How many of your school friends are you still in touch with? I mean, there was 30-odd kids in the class. And you were all friendly with each other. 
But how many are you still in touch with? Probably hardly any, if any, at all. Why? Because once your school days was over and the common denominator was gone, the friendship fizzled out. Think about it. How, how close were you to that work colleague? I mean, you worked together, you were mates together, you had such a laugh together, you worked together for years, but as soon as he or she left the organisation or the company, you didn't really hear from each other again. Why? Because the common ground was gone. These friends only know you in the role of a common environment, and this type of friendship doesn't adapt too well to change. So when the common denominator is removed, Often the friendship fizzles out because you were just friends and no more. But we have a problem because the problem is when we do not understand different levels of friendships, we often end up confiding and sharing personal information to a just friend who had no personal attachment to you whatsoever. Ever. The fundamental foundation of their life was always different to yours. And though you had a common connection, your life was actually headed in a different direction. Now, when you're going through a difficult season in your life, when you're going through a problem or a struggle, whether it be financially or uh, relationally or a health issue, it's not your just friends that you want to go to for advice. You need a different category of friends in your world. And they're called your trust friends. And your trust friends are people that you know you can rely on in a crisis. Trust friends, when you are in a battle, when you are facing a struggle, when the wheel falls off in your relationship, when you've had that bad doctor's report, you need to surround yourself with trust friends because they are there. Their purpose in life is to help you through the fight. But with these friends, quite often what happens is when you're on the other side of your battle and once you've got through your fight, you will often find these friends just blend into the background again. They're always there, but they're just not there and doing life with you like they once were. These friends are like scaffolding. They come alongside you and they surround you whilst you're going through a season of healing, restructuring and repairing. And just as on a building, when the structural work is done, the scaffolding is removed because the building no longer requires the support. So too is it with these friends. They are removed from your life once you are through your fight. Once you have got your healing, once you are, the crisis is over and you feel structurally sound again. But we experience problems when we want to try and cling on to these friendships. But these friends only ever came into our life for the purpose of helping us heal. You see, some people are wired to be scaffolding friends only. And as scaffolding is taken down from one building that is now structurally sound and it is reassembled up against another building that might be in a state of repair, so too do these friends operate in the same way. But we take offence 
When we see the person who's been helping us hanging out with someone else, we take offense because I thought she was my friend. I thought he was my friend. But now they're going for coffee with that one. And I've seen it on Instagram, so it must be true. They've gone off with her. But what we fail to see is actually the fact that you are not reliant on that person anymore is a good thing. It is a good day when the scaffolding comes down because it means the building is in a good fit state and no longer requires the support it once had. And we have to allow for fluid friendships in our life. People that come and go. Seasons where people are around you. Seasons where people are supporting you. And seasons where you allow them to freely move on to something else or someone else without you taking offence. Okay, it's so quiet in here. The absence in your life is not rejection, but you have to see it as an observation as to how far you've come. Trust friends will always be there, but recognize who they are, what their purpose is, and don't try and make a bestie out of a piece of scaffolding. Now, the third category of friends can be a bestie in your life, but the third category of friends are called must friends. And you must find your must friends. But you will not have five, 10, 15 of these. You will have two or three at the most probably in your entire lifetime. These are the people who are completely into you. They are into you as a person. They love you unconditionally. They're your biggest fans, your biggest supporters. They just get you. They get you on a good day. They get you on a bad day. They're into you when you're up. They're into you when you're down. They will speak out and correct you when you're wrong, but they won't criticize you, judge you. They will not gossip about you. They will not talk behind your back because they are 100% for you. Whenever you ring them, it is always a good time. These are the times of friends that when you cry they sit and cry with you these are the type of friends that when you're in trouble they will sit in your trouble with you until you are out of it these are those friends that when you are hurting they feel your pain these are your trust your must friends and you must find who your must friends are in life because without them alongside you you will never walk into your god-given destiny Because God has designed us to have relationship one with another. But he's also put us together, this whole big family, like a jigsaw puzzle. And you need to find and be locked into whoever your must friend is. We see this all throughout the Bible. We see it time and time again. Naomi had Ruth. Moses had Joshua. Timothy had Paul there for one another. Sometimes there was years, generations between these unlikely pairings, but God was pulling them together for a greater purpose because they weren't people who were like each other. Some of them weren't even people of the same generation. There was years and years apart in their friendships, but there was a bonding, a pulling together that could have only been a God-designed thing, and it was always for 
a greater purpose. And you will never find your purpose in God until you find who your must friends are. And a must friends relationship is not based on natural formulas or feelings, but it is a heaven sent, God designed, spirit filled union that pulls people together. And everyone needs this kind of friend in their life. Someone who is all together for you. And I, I firmly believe that some of you have found this connection just simply from coming to church. That there's just been something inside of you that has just said, I, I don't know what it is about these people. I'm not really a religious person. I've never been a churchgoer. But there's something in this place that just makes me come alive when I'm here. And let me tell you, it is a deep to deep. It is a spirit to spirit. It is God saying, this is your home. This is where you belong. It is when, it is when, it is when we just connect together under the umbrella of God. And David found this kind of friend in Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 18, David was a shepherd boy. He's out in the fields, he's minding the sheep. That's all David did with his life was tend the sheep in the field. But his father sent him on an errand to the battlefield where his brothers were serving in Saul's army. And he went on this errand to the battlefield. And when he was there, he heard this Philistine giant called Goliath shouting insults to the God of Israel. And then what David saw shocked him. He saw the whole thousands of men in the Israel army run in fear from the voice of this giant. And David said, I won't run while this giant hurls insults at the Lord God Almighty. I will go and fight him. Do you know what happened next? Is there were people who were in that army who knew David as the shepherd boy. They were actually his brothers. And they began to criticize the decision he'd made. They began to say, who do you think you are? You're just the shepherd boy. Go back to your field and mind your few sheep. You see, though these voices were the voices of his brothers, they'd also were his just friends. And the just friends, remember, only know you around a common environment. And the just friends became his greatest critics. Because these type of friends do not celebrate your boldness to step out and be different. Beware of friends who want to hold you back and keep you down when you want to step out of the ordinary and do something extraordinary with your life. You might think you've got a friend in that colleague at work, but just see what happens when you get the promotion. Let's just see how long they remain friends. Wait till you want to leave the company because you want to do something better and different with your life. Because as friendly as they've been with you, they will criticize you and they will talk about you. And David was stood there facing a giant, but with the just friends on the sideline, criticizing him, mocking the boldness that he had on his life. But God had a must friend waiting for David. God had a must friend lined up for him. Someone, he said, I see the boldness on this boy's life and I'm putting someone in his world who can join alongside him and take him into his destiny and take him into his future. And his name was Jonathan. And Jonathan was actually the king's son. And what happens in this piece of scripture is when David had killed Goliath, he took the head off Goliath and he took the head over to King Saul. 
and he, he had a conversation with King Saul telling him how he took the giant down and why he took the giant down and standing in the crowd listening to the conversation was Jonathan the king's son and in 1 Samuel 18 it says when David had finished speaking to Saul the soul of Jonathan was bonded to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as himself after he finished speaking there was nothing more to that there was no more conversation than that he had just finished speaking and their souls bonded together though these two had no history though these two had never met before though these two hadn't been following each other on the ground because the ground didn't even exist they knew nothing about each other when David opened his mouth to speak something resonated on the inside of Jonathan which was like oh what you just said I am so into that there was something in Jonathan that left. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what you're about. But something in me came alive when you opened your mouth. A God connection. A divine interjection. Something in my spirit just bonded with yours. Because a must friend's friendship is not based on personality or performance. A must friend's friendship is always God-given and is always based on purpose. When God pulls people together, it's for purpose, not coffee, not cake, but for purpose. Because He sees something in the future of two people He pulls together and He says, you're going to do great things. You're going to do great things together. You know, we started this church almost 10 years ago with a handful of what I now know are our must friends. And we did not know back then what God was planning and building today, which is Liverpool One Church. All we knew back then was when we hang out together, sparks fly. When we hang out together, we dream big dreams. When we hang out together, there's just this iron sharpens iron and something in me comes alive when I'm having a conversation with something in you. That's all we knew. We'd never talked about church. We'd never spoken about one day doing a church in Liverpool. We were just friends. And then Courtney's family moved to Australia. And a couple of weeks later, Courtney emigrated to Australia to be with his family. We didn't think any more of it. That was that. And while he was gone, Luke and I began the conversation of what if God could use us to do something great in the city of Liverpool. Shortly after, I think it was a few months later, we got news that Courtney was coming home. And I will never forget it. For as long as I live, this is sealed in my mind. He got off the plane at Manchester Airport and got a taxi straight to our house. And he stood in our kitchen and he said... I don't know what this is, but I do know where you two are, I have to be also, because I believe God's going to do something great. I'm so glad. You see, God friendships, they will skip over generations. God friendships will skip over nations. If He is calling people together for a greater purpose, 
then that's what he's going to do. It says in verse 3 that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. A covenant is so much more than a pinky promise. A promise is something that we break so easily. But a covenant is, is, is something that you do before God. And it says this is an unbreakable bond. God, I recognize that this is a you thing. And I am bonded to this man's future forevermore. Where he goes, I go. His dreams now become my dreams. And can I tell you, in the years that followed, David stuffed up big time. He made some really dumb choices. He made some unwise decisions. He, he, he took some crazy journeys. David wasn't all that great. But did Jonathan walk away from the loyalty of his friend? No. Why? Because most friends' friendship is not based on feelings and situations. They are there for you no matter what. And they remind you from time to time, hey, this is who you are. Hey, this is what you're about. Hey, there's a God-given purpose in your life. Let's go get it together. <clears throat> in verse 4, it says, Jonathan took off his robe, which by the way was a royal robe that signified him being next in line for the throne. He took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic. He even gave him his sword and his bow and his belt because you can tell who your must friends are because what they have in the way of gifts and talent and resource they give to you. When your must friends come into your life, they do not hold back. They will bless you and give you whatever is theirs is yours. Jonathan was prince and heir to the throne. But the moment he met David, the spirit of Jonathan was saying, God is going to do great things and I'm going to resource your life and I'm going to help make that happen. And I know there are many of the guys on our team who from time to time have hung their robes around Luke and I, who've given us their sword and given us their spears and laid down their plans and their desires for a God-given purpose to see something great happen when we all come together. You recognize God-given friendships because Jonathan had every reason to be prideful and hold on to his royal robes. He had every reason to be jealous and feel threatened. But when you recognize that God is in on a friendship, you don't get caught up with thoughts like that. But you have a whatever it takes spirit about you. Whatever it takes to see you flourish. Whatever it takes to see you grow. Whatever it takes to see the best of God in your life. I am going to be there alongside you. David had the anointing of kingly leadership on his life. But Jonathan was the one who was able to practically move out of the way of the throne and allow that to happen. And when Jonathan hung his royal robes around the neck of David, the future of Israel was forever changed. Can I tell you, though these two had only just met a moment before, the destiny of God was so strong upon them. Do not underestimate what God can do in a moment when He joins the right people together. It doesn't take a lifetime. You just need to find your right people find those that inspire you who encourage you who is it you have conversation with that makes your heart leap and come alive because they are your must friends just friends will come and go 
And trust friends will be there, but there are seasons when you have to let them go. But your must friend, you must find because they will commit to helping you fulfill the destiny of God on your life. The bond between David and Jonathan was unbreakable. The story is beautiful. Read about it yourselves in 1 Samuel 18 onwards. Beautiful story. These men, they were just sealed together. But there was years and years where they spent apart from each other. Because of a feud between the families, they couldn't be together. But nowhere in the Bible do you read about one being insecure or the other one gossiping about what the other one was up to or sending spies. No, because what you have to realize in a must friend's friendship, it's not the time you spend together that holds your friendship together. It is the God covenant on your friendship that holds you together, not time. I think back now to the friends that we started this church with and the things and the fun that we used to have together. But you could ask any one of our team, how often do you hang out with Luke and Emma? Do you know what they will say? Never. You could ask any one of the team, when was the last time you had dinner with Luke and Emma? You know what they'll say? Can't remember. Because they understand that purpose trumps pleasure every time if all we did was hang out and have a laugh together none of this would ever be possible but we are busy consumed with purpose yet having a very healthy friendship along the way because purpose trumps pleasure every time a must friend may not be able to be your best friend but they will be the best thing that ever happens in your world of friends So I hope and I pray and time has gone that you find your must friends because when you do, your future will be forever changed. Church, let's stand in here today. 